Hello, Aaron here. You're about to hear an interview I had the pleasure of being a part of where I got to speak with the directors Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead, the directors of Synchronic, a film now available in theaters as well as drive-ins especially. It'll be available on VOD in a few months' time as well. But for now, enjoy what I had to say to the directors and what they were happy to talk to me about for the film Synchronic. Uh, just be aware there are no real spoilers necessarily, but there are slight details involving the main plot, but really nothing too spoilery, so don't worry too much about it if you have not seen the film yet. For now, just enjoy the interview. Thanks. Great. Hi, how, how are you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing very well. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing well. It's a, it's a nice day. I, you guys got your movie coming out finally. I'll, given circumstances, I know it's difficult for some to see it, but I, I hope that people do because I I think it's awesome. I, uh, I was happy to see it a couple of weeks. I've been looking forward to it because I really like your guys' previous films. Um, so, so seeing this new one, uh, I want to get into it. Something I've picked up from you know watching Resolution and Endless specifically is you guys seem to like have a lot of a lot of like thought and put into like the rules of the world of the worlds of your films. I was wondering how 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 focused are you when it comes to kind of developing just for a film like this, which has I'm not going to get too far into it as far as what's going on in it, but as far as uh, creating certain kind of rules and what's established. How, how focused are you in creating that, like establishing that world beforehand? There's this really tricky thing where internally we have to have so much more figured out than should end up on screen. Mm -hmm. Hopefully all that's on screen is just what the audience needs to follow the story and thus have the emotional threads pay off. And that makes sense to them logically. But in almost everything we've done, there's been so much more to the rules or the mythology and rules mythology and all of that, the concepts and everything, um, much more so than what's up on screen. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's always tricky once you start editing the movie, trying to figure out what is the minimal amount you can put in and, and still have the, the audience follow it or not feel like they're ahead of it. And also like what's important. I, I know in the case of Synchronic, something that we grew really fascinated in personally was the industry of, of the manufacturing of uh, and marketing and distribution of designer synthetic drugs. It's this really fascinating topic, but like there's not very many people who want to see two hours of people just talking about <laughs> molecules. <laughs> so like, and, and, and strange, strange drug laws, but yeah. Hamilton's pharmacopoeia exists. There's a whole, show. There's there's a whole Hamilton's show. pharmacopoeia. Yeah, there's a total. There's a so good. Yeah. It's so good. So I do actually want to see how yeah. it is now. <laughs> I guess we do. Yeah. In in putting together a, a world like this that does have these things that you've mentioned already, you, you're, the film set in, in New Orleans was that a part of the original design, like having that specific city, or just you wanted an urban environment in general? Yeah, it was it was definitely that specific city uh, very early on. Once we had the concept of the idea of, you know, you, you can you can take a pill and see what a place was like before, you know, um, we, were, we were thinking about different cities in America because that's mainly where America is mainly where the designer synthetic drug culture exists. And um, think about different cities in America, what they would look like in their different layers of time. And, and we realized is a lot of cities, even really well-known ones would look really similar to each other back in the, back then, you know, I mean, uh, or even Los Angeles is a really pretty weirdly new city. Uh, and so uh, realizing that we, we took a look at New Orleans because that place is like a layer cake where it just completely changes all the time. You know, it has Spanish and French colonialism totally separate from each other. The fires, the, the, uh, the battle,
Battle of New Orleans, uh, jazz culture, racial tensions, Katrina, you know, and it, it's, it's like it's been painted over and over and over um, and it, with all different layers. So, um, so there was that. And then uh, on top of that, uh, we really wanted to live and shoot there because it's insanely fun to live and shoot in New Orleans. Talking more about kind of the, the use of New Orleans, obviously you guys made this film. When did you shoot? Like, I know, I know you, it premiered last year. When did you shoot the film? Yeah, uh, it was shot in the cusp of 2018, 2019. We spent uh, New Year's uh, there in New Orleans. And, uh, and it was the, the original draft of the script is 2015. So I guess what's interesting about that actually is that it was written before The Endless. Hmm, okay. That's your awesome background. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of that as far as writing and the shooting, because obviously the year has provided us a lot of <laughs> interesting uh, uh, interesting times to deal with. And the film, while not directly connected to events that have happened this year, there's certainly you can certainly draw some similarities and things, which is not like it's suddenly new. But I do... I do I'm curious, like, if you had a certain sense of reality in mind when making a film that's set in New Orleans, has a black lead character, uh, deals with design, deals with you know drug issues within a city like that. Were those elements that are kind of factoring into how you're developing that story? Well, let's just start. The, the, the yeah. weird, the weird thing is, is just think about like think about how different the world was in 2015, mm-hmm. and and the characters they were those were the same characters in 2015, dealing and with the same issues, dealing with this, dealing with yeah. the exact same same issues um here's i guess i guess one way to uh, i'll take a different tack than we've taken before but it's um one of what we didn't know was the absolute genesis of this movie was actually in like 2012 or 13 we were at this wonderful film festival called toronto after dark in toronto, okay. oh, toronto sorry and um uh and we were we were in a bagel shop uh eating some breakfast and up on the tv was back to the future and we thought we were going to grab a bagel and leave, but we ended up just staying and watching all of Back to the Future because it's one of the best movies ever, you know? But we were joking about it while we were watching it because we realized that it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, jumping up there and dancing around works really well if you're Marty McFly. Uh, and it wouldn't, wouldn't work all that great for someone else, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's just kind of planted this idea in us that it's like the past is not great for a lot of people. Uh, and it's not just race. It's, it's in a lot of different ways. Um, you know, I would not want to go back to uh, pre-antibiotic times myself, you know. Um, the, the, the past is actually an antagonist to us in a lot of ways as humans. And so we just wanted to explore that idea. And so in some ways, it's always been that way. And in some ways, these issues, you know, as you say, like, like racial issues or the drug issues, um, you know, they're, they're new and they're old. Um, and that's, uh, that's one reason why this script just seemed to somehow hit. Well, you're, you're talking about kind of the genesis of the idea and thinking about other kinds of people that can travel back in time. And something I did find refreshing about, I actually tweeted about this when I watched the movie, as far as seeing a black lead character in a genre film like this, you don't get that very often, little unlike POC in general. Like there, certainly there are examples, I'm not saying there aren't, but I did find it refreshing because I feel like it adds a new kind of dynamic to how you're seeing certain things play out, whether that's written into the script as far as when people are existing or just the nature of how they interact comparatively when you've seen a lot of other films that have a certain kind of person that are generally represented. So I was, you've already said that you've kind of, you had that in mind was, 
was that was that a big part of the casting process, like finding someone like Anthony Mackie to specifically bring out elements of the story? I mean, well, it's interesting. I, again, the, the character of Steve didn't, his character didn't change substantially from that first draft in 2015. But the, but one thing with Anthony was, was it's from day one, we always we always were just like, hey, you are completely in, empowered to every day we get to set. And you look at this and you think about things differently from Steve's perspective. You have a perspective that Aaron and I could never have. And you are, please let us know anything ever. And he, and he, he, he would it, he would it times um i guess a, a better brief way to put that is he, he was our collaborator on making sure steve was as honest as possible sure um and uh and and he's obviously incredible in the film <laughs> so like so luckily luckily that, that that all worked out and you know he's he's one of our he's one of our great actors here and i i, I was gonna say in america for some reason he's one of our great american actors one of the greatest actors in the world yeah and the fact that he came on board into this tiny budget movie with us chuckleheads and still a mystery as to why he said yes. Yeah. There's like some romantic stories about how that happened. We still don't know, but we're just so grateful he did it. And then also in terms of, in terms of the, the issues of race with the main character, I wish I could say we had long discussions in 2015 about what race Steve would be and all of that. But the truth was, it was just always the instinct. Yeah. It was always the instinct that that's who he was, and that was the best way to tell this story. But it's interesting because obviously, obviously, the entertainment industry has everything has changed a lot, including the entertainment industry since the script was written. Mm-hmm. And um, just feel good that that it still that it works for people <laughs> through, the, through the prism of it, through the prism of, of the times now versus then. Well, you're on you're on the ball i mean it's, it's like i don't know I, I mean it was really just like it was following instincts and being like this is the best way to do this at the time we're extremely proud of it and again just so grateful that anthony read that script and said yes <laughs> so. I, I mean yeah it worked out you had you have a great cast here and i and specific i mean I, I, do, I don't know how you guys you know shoot the entire process you guys work with but it certainly seems like because you're so involved on a you know a writing production directing editing like it's very you know, personal, given the stories you're telling, regardless of how big in scope the film is. Like this one obviously has a, I'm not going to say a ginormous budget comparatively, but certainly there's an evolution there looking at, you know, how your films have gone. So is it working with Anthony and working with Jamie Dornan and and, and uh, Kate Elson, like, is there a lot of improvisational elements in the script or you, or is there a very specific, I mean, obviously there's very specific beats because it's a movie with very distinct rules, but is it a, I imagine there's a collaboration there in developing these characters, right? You know, it's, that's, that's a huge compliment. Um, there's, there's almost no improvisational dialogue or anything like that. There's always conversations, you know, there's, there's no way, there's, I, there's no way to just be like, stand here, say the thing that you read yet last night, you know, um, there's always an enormous amount of collaboration, but it's, it's, that's more conversations to help us both kind of find where, where it was always going in a way. It's, it's hard to describe the, that, that process of like you're, you're here and everybody knows you need to be here and you just go towards it to you click, but, but this is where the script is. Uh, so uh, no, there, there is uh, they were very, very naturalistic, which helps, uh, helps it feel lived in and helps it feel like, hopefully it feels like just a real conversation between real people um, as opposed to, you know, heroic movie characters saying pithy lines. I mean, we get a few, we get the past fucking sucks. We get a few in there, you know, yeah. um, but uh, but for the most part, we uh, 
we, we're aiming for a naturalism that the performers are able to bring to the script as it exists. Knowing the that uh, the endless and resolution, they, there's there's connections there. There's even connections with spring. Is there? Did you have anything deliberately designed to continue keeping these films within the same world at all? Yeah, there was a there's a there's a couple things in synchronic that link it to uh, the endless and resolution and 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 spring. Spring kind of ties into those ones as well. There will probably someday be a movie or tv show or something that like very explicitly takes place in the universe of the endless and resolution that's something that's like so probably kind of like this that's what, those movies are like so oddly now they become like so per, so personal those ones like resolution and the endless specifically it's like oh you want to make sure you get that like don't don't just throw anything in there but but there was like a there were a couple natural points in synchronic to tie it in and we can spoil it for you if you want i, I i'll enjoy looking for the easter eggs myself but right. I, I appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> um one one last thing because I, I liked hearing this I, I liked reading this from you guys how how should people go and see your movie right now because i know things are difficult i know yeah. you have opinions on that right right um Right now, we think that the drive-in is the best place to go see a movie, although we obviously cannot wait to get back into movie theaters. You know, we, I lived in them. I lived in them, you know, like, like church. Um, and, then, uh, and then also um, the movie is out on VOD in a few months, something like that. So, yeah. Very cool. Well, I, I appreciate you guys giving me the time to talk to you. I'm very happy to see this movie get out there because I do want more people to see it. I, I'm, I've been watching your guys' films for a while now, so it's cool that there's just bigger and better things that are you know coming along. Thank you, and thank you for taking the time to, to like watch it and like have a thoughtful conversation with us about it. That's yeah. that's huge.